podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Season 2, Episode 5. I am officially on vacation. This was pre-recorded a couple weeks ago. But don't let that stop you from missing an awesome conversation. The Download with DP podcast is sponsored and brought to you by Northwestern Mutual, a company that gives back to the community and is very involved in what's going on in and around Springfield. Just so happens, so are we at Channel 1450. It's a great fit. Check out Northwestern Mutual for all your financial needs. Now, let's talk about what's coming up on Channel 1450. Next week is the dead period for high school sports practices before we really get things started. August 8th is the first official day of practice so we are almost there we have a few more video shoots next week excited about those in the meantime let's have a little bit of a different conversation this week about college recruiting glenwood graduate emmy pruitt joins me to talk about her time at nebraska and about her future goals which include the nfl let's jump right in thanks for listening we're going to welcome in emmy pruitt to the podcast this week she is a former 10 question tuesday star uh former glenwood basketball player and uh now you're in the sports world in a different capacity, so I kind of want to talk about that. But I kind of want to start with looking back at your time at Glenwood because that's been a couple years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, as you come back to Chatham for summer, what's it like kind of just remembering what your time was like as a Titan? It's crazy coming back and like driving past Glenwood and everything because we never got a real goodbye Um, Being a graduate in 2020, like everything just kind of stopped all at once. So there's people I haven't seen since then that I'm seeing now that I finally get to say a proper goodbye to, like some of my teachers, coaches, stuff like that. But I think being a Titan has definitely helped me in the long run, um, getting prepped for like different life situations, especially out in Nebraska, just uh, with my dad coaching at the football and all that kind of stuff. I have really good connections now that I can bring back here. Yeah. Yeah. Graduating in 2020 had to just be nuts, and people will tell their grandkids probably that story for a very long time. Like, mm-hmm. you don't understand. Like, it just stopped. Like, you just left. Um, so, what? As you look back on that now, two years later, I mean, what's something that is a vivid memory of that that you're like, man, I can't believe that that was real. Like, yeah, I think like on that day, it was March 13th. I remember it like exactly. <laughs> I remember what I wore and everything. And I remember like the last period of the day telling my teachers like, bye, I'll never see you again. Just joking around. Yeah. And then that was real. Like I have never seen those teachers again since that time. And I remember just feeling really bad for the people that didn't get to complete their season. Like our boys basketball team, they were going to sectionals or something like that. I remember our softball team and our baseball team were about to have a really good season ahead of them and I was excited to cheer them on with the student section stuff yeah. and get that started but they didn't get the chance so it makes me really sad so uh, at that point you had already kind of decided where you're going for college so mm-hmm. what was that process like as you tried to figure out you know am I going to get to go to school like what what did, what was those few months like for you it was crazy because really the reason that I picked to go to Nebraska was because of the roots that I had growing up with my dad playing football there and everything so yeah. I went I was going to go to Nebraska for the football uh-huh. and with it going back and forth of Nebraska having a football season or not it made me really upset because my whole freshman year this is what I was going to be looking forward to was going to football games at Memorial Stadium and eventually that didn't happen they did have football but they didn't let fans in so it was just a really confusing time navigating of like what am I going to do when I get there? Because I wanted to be heavily involved with sports like right. I was in high school. So I was just really confusing. There's not a lot to do in Nebraska if there's no sports, right? 
Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> sports, sports is Nebraska. Yeah. That's all they've got out there. They don't have professional teams. Everyone's team in that state is the school. So. Yeah. Um, growing up with your dad being a former Cornhusker, what's that like? Just kind of being in, ingrained in that tradition when you live here? I mean, do, do, you, do you even quite understand it until you get there and see what it's like? I didn't understand it at all, especially when I was little. I would always tell, like, my teachers and stuff, my dad won a national championship, but I never understood what that really meant. Yeah. Then when I got out to school, I started to meet all of these people and start working with people that my dad played with in the 90s, and it was really crazy because I understood, like, how much that national championship team means to the state and how much it means to all the students and how much they know about the players. So when I tell people who my dad is and they know who it is, it's just extremely crazy to me because I never would have experienced that here in Chatham. Do you have a moment where you like call your dad and say, "Man, I like, I, I got tired of hearing your stories, but now I want to hear more because I kind of understand that." I call him probably seriously every day when I'm in the football <laughs> office. I'm always meeting new people that know my dad. Some of our coaches um, for the football team have played with my dad, so like talking to them about their experiences with him, I've like learned some nicknames that he's had. It's been really crazy. And every time I call him, he just says, everything you do now or any from anyone you talk to, it just doesn't surprise me at this point. So, Is there any stories that you found out that he does, that he didn't want you to know about? Not really, because they, <laughs> they won't tell me. They'll, they'll kind of keep anyway? it quiet, but okay. yeah. Um, like you mentioned, it, that national championship. And I think now it's obviously shifted to where, I mean, Alabama's expected to win and all that, but... For a school like Nebraska, like you said, a state like Nebraska, an area of the country like Nebraska, I mean, if that were to happen now, what would that mean for those people? It would seriously mean the world. <laughs> like, for me personally, I want nothing more in life right now than for Nebraska to win another national championship. There's been a lot of back and forth between like our coaching staff right now and if they're really fit. And I think it would be the coolest thing ever for um, our head coach, Scott Frost, to win a national championship as a coach and then also as a former player. And seriously, I think the state of Nebraska would go absolutely insane if we, <laughs> if we won a national championship right now. Okay, so you get there. Like you said, the, they do play in the fall, but you don't get to go to games. So at what point do you start saying, I have to get involved in a different way? Like, how can I get involved in a different way? And how did that process kind of pan out for you your freshman year? My... Um Oh, I can't think of her name, but she was like our career development specialist in the College of Journalism, and I would meet with her all the time saying how worried I was about getting a career in sports just because I felt like I had lacked something that other of my peers in the sports media major did. They all had done broadcasting in high school or wrote like the school paper in the sports section, and I hadn't done anything like that. Yeah, because the rush wasn't, I mean, it stopped at Chatham, unfortunately, for a long time. Mm -hmm. So... I didn't really know what to do, and she kind of just advised me, like, everything's going to start opening up slowly. So I kind of just waited around. But while I was waiting for something to open up in sports, because it was really, like, a close-knit group of people that were able to still work for the football team and the basketball team, stuff like that. The people yeah. had been there for years. So I got a job as a campus tour guide, and that kind of navigated my way into getting the job in the recruiting department for mm -hmm. Nebraska. So I was a campus tour guide. I believe I started in December of 2020, and I stopped that around the su last summer, okay. so maybe June of 2021. And that's what really got my foot in the door with the recruiting department, just because I knew so much of 
how to recruit kids to come to a school. Yeah. If, even though it's different football or just come into the university. Mm-hmm. But you have to learn everything about the university. You have to learn yeah. everything. So I know all these crazy mm-hmm. random facts that other of my peers don't really know. And I'm just really like adaptable, I guess you could say, because being campus tour guide, it could be negative 20 degrees out. It could be 100 degrees out. You could have a kid from all the way across the country or someone from your own hometown. So that's what helped me a lot. Being a, t- a campus tour guide during a time when the country's still figuring out COVID, what's that like for people who are going to send their kids there, but they don't know, not only can they wear masks at the on the tour, but like you don't know in December of 2020, we still didn't know anything about it to where it was like, you know, are we going to be able to go back to school? Are they going to be in person? What's how like complicated is that to try to explain to parents who you, I mean, nobody knew. It was really hard because I was just a 18, 19 year old <laughs> and I have these older parents asking me and bombarding with me with all these random questions that I couldn't even answer. So sometimes I just have to tell them I, I can't answer that, that question right now and I don't really think that anyone can. Yeah. So that was definitely hard. But um, for the kids that are coming all the way across the country or knew nobody in Lincoln, Nebraska, just like I did, I just kind of advised them like, it's going to be a life-changing experience going somewhere and starting fresh. So um, that's really the only thing that I could tell them other than answering their questions like, are we going to have football? Yeah. Are we going to be able to go do this? And everything's changed a lot since then. So I'm kind of glad that I've gotten out of that because all the rules with going to campus and like vaccinations and stuff is crazy. I don't think I could answer those questions anymore. Yeah. Um, okay, so what's the next step? At what point do you kind of get your foot in the next door um, after you get the campus tour job? So I was doing that, and then I saw um, on our Nebraska football recruiting Instagram that they were looking for recruiting assistance. They didn't really say what that meant, but I just threw in an application hoping that something would come. And a couple days later, I got called in for an interview, and they'd asked me questions on being adaptable and like talking to people from all over the country, different colors, different genders, all that kind of stuff. So I went in the interview, I kind of rocked it, and then they'd ask me like why I came to Nebraska, and I'd tell everyone the same thing, like I came here for football, and they always are like, why? Like our football team's not that good right now, and I always tell them like my dad or whatever. So I kind of had already had that in a little bit with my dad playing football, but a couple of days later they called and they offered me the job. So They have to feel your passion. I mean, like you said, sometimes in in that situation, if they've been working there that long or... um, they're going through the grind of it. They probably maybe don't quite feel that passion. And so to feel that from you had to be like, oh, you know, this is something special that we have to remember is special for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, could you kind of feel that, like the energy that you brought maybe helped uh, in terms of kind of the program and, and kind of being available for that job? I would say so. I mean, at the end of the day, they always say like, oh, you, you're you a big reason why we got this recruit. And sometimes it doesn't really feel like that because yeah. you do play such a small part. But at the same time, like as a recruiting assistant, I'm the one talking to the mom the entire weekend that they're on an official visit. And really, that's like, who makes the decision. That's, that's <laughs> who makes the decision for real. Like if they want to send their kid all the way across the country to come play football for some random program in the Midwest. Yeah. So I think that helps a lot just being there with the mom talking to them about everything and answering any questions they have or even any red flags they might have being able to communicate that to the coaching staff so they can kind of aid the problem is like a big help yeah so you get your foot in the door you start what's what's the first week like for you how much do you learn knowing 
not knowing what the job kind of entails? The first week was crazy. I mean, we were really just doing a lot of office work, getting ready for all of our football camps. But walking around the office was really surreal. Just seeing it, like all these places that I had seen when I was little, when my dad took me to a football game there, meeting people that I'd heard stories about from my dad. It was a crazy experience. I'll never forget it. What's your responsibilities at that point? At that point, we really were just filling snack bags and, like I said, getting ready for the camp. But um, maybe the second week into it, they had told me that I was going to have the first official visit in June. And it was a transfer from Ohio State. So I was really nervous for that experience. <laughs> but I, I was pretty honored that me out of 10 people was the first person to host an official visit. Yeah. So. so what kind of training do you get for that? What do they tell you? I mean, what do you have to do? Or do, is it just kind of... I mean, we really didn't get that much training. As bad as that sounds, we kind of just got a packet saying the background information of all of our coaches. Yeah. And then like a history of the program, which I already pretty know, pretty much known. Yeah. But I studied that packet back and forth. I could tell you any fun fact about Coach Frost or any of our coaches. Uh-huh. So that was really the only training and then a tour of the stadium. And then how much do you know about the kid when he's coming in? They will give us like a one-page bio so we get to look through it, know what their parents do, what their like core values are for a program. Yeah. And then maybe just a couple other facts of like what they are doing in school or if they've been on campus. Or that's really it. You kind of have to figure it out for yourself at yeah. that point. Do you do your own research? I mean, do you look up his Instagram? Do you look up his Twitter? And say, yeah, I try. I try to. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're a heavily recruited kid. I like to read what he says about what he likes and doesn't like about certain schools on different like news stations and yeah. stuff. So that's definitely a big help, too. If you're in a spot where you're getting recruited by any Big Ten program, um, it's fair to say that some 18, 19, 20-year-olds may have some egos. What kind of preparation do you have for that? Or like... How do you deal with that, not knowing... I mean, this kid thinks that he's going to be in the NFL in a couple years, most likely. Mm -hmm. So, um, it may not be a regular conversation, per se. I don't really think I've experienced someone with, like, an ego that big Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But um, I kind of just try to think every time I host a kid is, like, you're fulfilling, like, their dreams. Like, they've always dreamed about playing D1 football, or even if it's a Nebraska kid, dreamed of playing at Nebraska. So, I think that's kind of something I always keep in the back of my mind. Yeah. Um, so what's a typical day like when you host a recruit? What time do you start work and what do you kind of do? Yeah, so normally if they'll be coming in on a Friday, maybe we would start the day at 3 o'clock. But if they're coming in on Thursday night, they're not allowed to be on campus yet. So we'll pick them up Friday morning at about 8, 8.30. And you guys set up a hotel for them? Like yep, we, we set up a, ho- a hotel room for them. We give them... Uh, we ask for all their favorite snacks, candy bars, and then we will bring over like water, skaterades. Um, we will write th- like welcome notes to them and thank you cards for coming, lanyards with their names on it, all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And then we also put in um, cakes and like chocolate covered strawberries for the mom, <laughs> kind of win them over a little bit. Yeah. But then when we actually start our day, we'll bring them to the stadium, give them a little tour, uh, meet the whole staff, and then. Normally the first day we do a lot of academic heavy stuff, telling them, t- taking them I guess to like our life skills people, yeah. our academic people, and then even our player development guy. And then we'll eat breakfast, lunch, dinner with them. And then the next day on Saturday it's football heavy. We'll take them to meet with their coordinator, whether that's offense, defense, their position coach. They'll meet with Coach Frost. They'll do all that kind of stuff. How much control do you have over what? you do after the tour and like when they go back to that hotel 
are they just kind of on their own? Like, you don't, you can't really be like, hey, you can't go out, you can't do anything? Well, I mean, so for our families, for the parents, we always do a social at night. Mm-hmm. We don't get to get the ticket to, to go to those, but they'll go to the social, and then they will release the recruit to one of the football players that's yeah. like, kind of like their host. Mm-hmm. And then the host is free to do whatever they want with them, but yeah. obviously with some. You yeah. Know. But the... Um, like I said, the football host will take them out. They'll do whatever, and then they they just have a one one a.m. curfew, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like be back at this time because we yeah. have a long day tomorrow. Um, can you kind of get the vibe for how they feel it's going by Saturday? Like, do you know for sure if they're interested or not? For sure, especially talking to the mom and seeing her reaction after every meeting. Say they'll go into an academic meeting. I'll be like, okay, what do you think of that? If they're very heavy on academics. And it's pretty easy to tell based off of their, like, emotions or whatnot. And then sometimes after, like, their football meetings with the coaches, it's a little hard to, like, get that out of them just because everything's so scheme-specific and all of that. But normally just asking the little questions. We call them, like, Easter eggs or whatever. Uh We'll get those little Easter eggs and then go tell the coaches kind of what they think. You probably know a lot about football and the scheme, like you said, the schemes and stuff. But how much more do you learn or need to learn? to be able to kind of be comfortable communicating with them about Mm -hmm. that stuff? You know, I just took a coaching football class uh, this last semester, and I think that definitely has helped a lot now that I know, like, I already knew a lot about football, but knowing now how to actually, like, read plays and stuff, I made my own football playbook with the help of my dad. (laughs) But I think that's definitely helped because now I can kind of ask them more questions about based off our plays and stuff like that, our schemes, our formations. And they're like, oh, my gosh, this girl knows what she's talking about. Yeah. So that's kind of, like, nice to have in the back of my head, too. How many hours a day are you working on those Fridays and Saturdays? Man, that it really just depends. Sometimes it's 10, 12-hour days. Yeah. just really depends on how chatty the family is and how late they want to stay out. Sometimes we could be going from 8 a.m. until, like, 11.30 at night. And how often do you do that? Is it every weekend? It's I mean- every weekend, pretty much. Every, <laughs> every single weekend in June... And really, when we can have recruits on campus, there's always going to be people there. Yeah. Does that ever get boring or exhausting? It definitely gets exhausting. Yeah. Uh, I definitely need my coffee in the morning. But I think it's different every single weekend. You always have a different kid from a different place wanting different things. So I think it's kind of a new challenge you face every week. Yeah. What's the uh, weirdest like food or candy request that you've gotten? Oh, my gosh. That's a great question. So one kid just asked for fruit. Oh. He really just like was on the strict diet. And he didn't want any candy or anything. And I was like, okay, man, Good. whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, how many are on your staff for that? Like how many people does it take to host a weekend like that? It takes a lot of people. I mean, we have now, I think, three directors of player personnel. And you're and one then, of those? Uh, no, that's okay. um, like the upper staff. Okay. And then... We have a couple, like, full-time recruiting assistants, and I think we have two GAs now. And we have ten red team girls, which is what I would be called. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have to meet for during the week during for, like, to plan everything out? Or is it, at this point, just kind of, you know, everybody has their yeah, role? Yeah, so like that? we have a director of on-campus recruiting, um, and her job pretty much is to plan the entire schedule of when they're going where, planning their travel here. Um, but our kind of job starts at the meeting that we have right before the visit. We all meet as a staff, kind of go over who's doing what, who's taking who where, getting all the cars ready, golf carts, that kind of stuff. So that's yeah. kind of where we start. We don't really 
actually plan the visit. We're more just the execution of it. Gotcha. Um, okay, so you get that job as a freshman, um, and then you become a sophomore. What transitions you into getting the job with the women's basketball team? So we finished up recruiting in June of last year, and by the time July comes around, there's really nothing to do. Everyone's on vacation. So I was getting pretty bored. I like working. <laughs> so I was like, why not just email the director of basketball operations for women's basketball? I emailed her a copy of my resume. I sent her a cover letter, and I was like, hey, just seeing if you guys need any managers for your next season from 2021 to 2022. She emailed me back immediately. She goes, oh, my gosh, are you in Lincoln right now? Let's set up a date and a time to interview. So maybe that next Monday, I sent it to her on a Friday. Yeah. Monday, she calls me in, go in the interview. She sits me down at her desk, and she goes, so actually, this isn't an interview. Do you want the job? Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> yes. I, was, I was not expecting that. Easiest yes, interview I, ever. Yeah. I was like, wow, that was so easy. I definitely would love the job. She goes, okay, great. Like, you have the best cover letter and resume I've seen in a long time. We'd love to have you part of our staff. And then she asked me this big question, would you like to travel with the team? Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy cow. Like, I definitely was not expecting that. I was just expecting to come to practices and home games yeah. and that be it. So I was like, of course, I would love that. Perfect. And I started the next day. You hope that football bleeds into basketball season. How much did that affect both jobs? Um, it definitely was hard telling the football recruiting staff that I wasn't going to be around as much. Yeah. Uh, basketball didn't really start until our last game, which was around Thanksgiving. So we were playing mm -hmm. Iowa. So I only missed one home game for football. Yeah. And then... That's not a good one to miss, though. No, and that was tough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then after that, January was was hard because we had a lot of recruiting stuff going on again, but they had plenty of other people to kind of fill that role. Yeah. Um, but now getting into June again, it's going to be tough with balancing practices, camps, plus official visits. What's the first week like as a basketball manager? It was so surreal getting to meet um, Coach Amy Williams because... As a little kid, I always dreamed of playing basketball in Nebraska. Yeah. Um, that definitely didn't happen. But just being <laughs> able to be a part of the program in any way, shape, form was definitely, like, insane for me. Yeah. Um, going in there and helping out with practices the first week, every day I'd call my mom, oh, my gosh, that was the coolest thing ever. I got to do this with the staff. Or I got to do this with the players. Yeah. I, I loved it that first week. What did they give you as a list of responsibilities and how much is in that? A short list of what you actually have to do. That first like list I got for the first week of the responsibilities was definitely very small. Just kind of doing the clock at practice, making sure the fridge is stocked with water, and then after that, the the duties got really <laughs> hefty when the season actually started. Yeah. Um, how many people are helping you, or who are you, and who are you kind of directly under? I mean, who gives yeah. you the orders, and mm -hmm. who do you work with? So I'm. Directly under the director of basketball operations, her name's Amanda Hart, so that's my boss. Okay, and that's men's and women's program, right? Or no, so she's just, just for women's. Okay. Yep, the men's have their own. Uh -huh. um, and she immediately made me the head manager yeah. after getting hired. Wow. So I <laughs> manage six or seven other managers okay. on top of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So is a lot of your responsibility to hand out responsibility now? or Pretty much, was yeah. That kind of... Did that come right away, or was that something that you had to learn? Because, I mean, if you don't know what the people under you are doing, it's hard to tell them what to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
the that responsibility came pretty quickly as soon as we've kind of finished camp season at the end of July and beginning of August. She kind of saw that I definitely am a leader yeah. and I like to be in charge. So she was kind of like, I'm going to give you all the responsibility. Just let me know if you need any help with anything. So that was crazy because I still didn't really know the ins and outs <laughs> of the programs. There was another manager that had been there for four years and he yeah. was a senior. He just graduated. He was kind of like the co-head manager. He taught me some things. But after that, I kind of just like took over and led the other managers, kind of giving out responsibilities, like you said, and all that stuff. Do you get paid? I do get paid, which is crazy. That's got to be nice to not have to have a job and do this. But, um, I mean, the stuff that you're learning, I know you probably understand this, but not to the degree, is probably more valuable for any future career that you have. I mean, obviously, it's great to get paid, but at the same time, I mean, I'm sure you're learning things that you just got to be like, man, I like this is going to help me down the road no matter what I do. It definitely is. And after this first season with uh, the women's basketball team, I kind of sat down with um, Amanda Hart, the director of ops, a couple weeks after we had lost in the first round of the NCAAs. And I kind of just like laid out a map of everything that I want to learn from her or what she wants to teach me before going to grad school. Yeah. Um, So what's the goal? Definitely the goal is going to grad school, becoming a graduate assistant for any major program, and getting my school paid for, uh-huh. and then getting a big girl job yeah. after that. Um, would you, would ideal situation be a manager role on the football team instead of the women's basketball team, or at this point do you love that part of it? I love recruiting. I think it's a lot of fun. I don't really think that being a manager for the football team would be as cool, other than the fact that you would get to travel. Yeah. I think the two jobs offer me a lot of different things. Being with women's basketball and learning the operations side, learning all the travel and all that kind of stuff is definitely cool. But recruiting, you get to meet so many more people and there's so many more connections. So right now for grad school, I really don't know which one I want to do. If I want to go more towards the football recruiting path or if I want to do women's basketball stuff. I think that'll definitely come to me in the next couple of months or so when we start up basketball again seeing the differences and stuff but uh right now i'm looking to get an internship in the nfl with scouting and kind of see how that goes yeah what is your undergraduate degree in it's in sports media and communications so i'm getting a um, bachelor's of journalism okay how much are you learning um outside of the classroom more than you are inside the classroom I I think I'm learning a lot more outside of the classroom. I mean, my major is a lot more media-based since it's uh, in the College of Journalism. So that's kind of tough. Like, every day I go to class and we're doing, like, podcasts, like what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. We do, um, like, photography stuff. But that's not really as much what I want to do. But I still wanted to have the easier sports kind of major since we don't offer sports management. But, like, outside of the classroom... Like I said, in women's basketball, I'm learning how to plan an entire trip uh, going somewhere for a Big Ten game. Yeah. Or in recruiting for football, I'm learning how to like grade film and upload that to the server and all that kind of stuff, making travel itineraries for coaches. So it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely better outside the classroom. But What's been a moment in the past year where you kind of just stopped and said, man, I can't believe I get to do this? Oh, my gosh. I would say there's two moments. One with... Football, when we had our first night game, I believe it was against Northwestern, they turned off all of the lights, and then they had this light show. Everything was red. The stadium was lit up. That was definitely really surreal, just, like, being down on the field and seeing that. 
was crazy to me because I'd only been to one Nebraska football game before that when I was like maybe five. Yeah. With the women's basketball team, the moment that definitely was crazy for me was when we beat Michigan in the Big Ten tournament. Michigan had called us a bubble team before that about getting into the NCAA tournament, and we'd already beat them once by 20 points. So when we won that game by two free throws, I think, by a freshman, and all of us running on the court and celebrating, that was what made it for me. Yeah. Um, so you talked about the next step. What would you kind of, what would be your focus of study at the next level? It would probably be a um, master's of sports management or just a business administration. It kind of just depends on what school I'm going to go to because yeah. they all offer different degrees. Do you have a list? I do have a list of schools. Yep, I have a list of, of about ten that would be ideal. Uh huh. Um, and what what would be kind of the next step in terms of like the jobs that you get in college that would kind of be moving up? Um, right now, I just don't know like if yeah. there could be any moving up uh -huh. for me right now as uh, going to be a junior. Um, I definitely think that anything in the men's basketball program and recruiting would help. Um, I talked to one of their assistant coaches the other day, and they're trying to get me to come help recruit for them. So that would be really interesting because it's two completely different programs yeah but other than that i'm not sure yeah interesting um like you mentioned you kind of start college in 2020 when that nothing in the world is normal um and now you work every weekend have you gotten a chance to enjoy being a college student in <laughs> i in definitely LinkedIn? have i definitely have when we have away games, that's probably the most fun for me because I actually get to experience like tailgating and all that kind of stuff in downtown Lincoln. So yeah. that's been a lot of fun. What would you, I mean, because there's a lot of kids who come out of high school and say, hey, I want to do something with sports, but they don't exactly know what that means or what it is or kind of have a path. What would you kind of recommend for someone to do? that maybe doesn't know exactly where they want to go? I mean, I was in that same boat. Like, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I would just say reach out to everybody, start making those connections as early as you can, just emailing different people and different staff, sending them your information, your cover letter. That's really what's going to get you, like, in that boat. Yeah. Um, I don't specifically know you that well, but it seems like um, you have a pretty good work ethic. How hard is that to kind of make sure people have in an industry like this? It's hard because some people are in it for like the wrong reasons. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know an example right now at the top of my head, but some people are just in it for meeting other people or to get on the field or to or get on to, the field yeah. or just to meet the coaches, uh -huh. that kind of stuff. So I, I don't really know how you can tell that right off the bat, but yeah. definitely after a couple of weeks, you can kind of sense the vibe of like, who is a hard worker and who's going to come in the extra hours that are unpaid because being a worker at Nebraska, you can only work 20 hours a week paid. And <laughs> after that, why. everything else is volunteered. You can probably do that in a day, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'll, I'll work a day and a half and I'm already over that 20 hours and you'll see the people that will continue to come in during the week when they aren't getting paid yeah. and giving up their own time. And so, then there's people that probably get weeded out pretty fast. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, because what I mean at what point during the like weekend or work day where you're like man I'm going on the 12th hour and I'm exhausted and I know this is worth it but right now it doesn't feel like it because mm -hmm. I mean I've 
that's definitely something that I feel like people could kind of experience in that profession. Yeah. I think, like, one thing is when the coaches kind of realize, like, you've been here forever and you're tired, they'll always just come up and give some encouragement. They'll be like, you're a rock star. Or, like, when they introduce, when they get introduced to my recruit and their family, they'll always be like, you have the 18 girl, like, you have the best recruiting girl, which I think that's kind of what makes it worth it at the end of the day is that even your full-time coaches are, like, recognizing your work. Yeah. What's a... What would you say is the biggest misconception about a recruiting trip? Um, that's a good question. I would say that... Sorry, this is a really tough question. No, I know. Yeah. Uh, and um, I feel like it could be a little loaded because it's like, okay, people... I mean, you hear the horror stories of like Louisville basketball and you hear um, stories about you know kids just coming in and you know, wanting to get their Instagram picture taken and wanting to just go party. Um, and so I don't want to put you in a bad spot, yeah. means, but I also feel like um, there may be situations where you're like, no, we can't do that. Like, is that ever come about? Yeah, I would say like when it comes to the gear, like we can't just be handing out all this Adidas gear left and right. And all these kids will be like, oh my gosh, I want that. I want what you have on. Yeah. And kind of sometimes expect for you to give them stuff. Yeah. Um, I know a couple of people that like will ask their host, their football host for gear. And then the next morning they'll come into the stadium and they'll be wearing head to toe all of our Adidas gear. And you got to be like, dude, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Mm -hmm. And even with the unofficial visits that we do, we can't pay for anything. It's illegal. So... Sometimes they'll try to eat a meal or something without paying first, and we're like, "That's totally illegal. You can't. We can't be doing that right now." So they'll yeah. they'll be like, "Well, that's not really fair because this person's eating and they didn't pay." Uh-huh. Well, we're like, "Okay, well, they're on an official visit, and yeah. you only get five of those, so yeah. you kind of get to pick." Um, how much has NIL in the past couple of years changed what you guys can and can't do? I don't know if it's necessarily changed what I do on a day-to-day, but I know it's changed a lot. Um, We do, like, presentations now to the recruits as well on NIL on how much money you can make because I know um, one of our transfer quarterbacks, Casey Thompson, who came from Texas, is making a lot, a lot, a lot of money, and that's why a lot of transfers are kind of following him from Texas. We just got another one commit today. His name is Marcus Washington, and he committed – to come to Nebraska kind of to follow his quarterback and also to make all that money. Yeah. Is there a NIL compliance department or officer that you guys have to be in communication with or do you know of that situation? Yeah, we definitely have our own like compliance office. It's just right down the stairs from our office. Um, but we have what's called open doors. It's like all across the country. That's what most athletes are using. Um to get their NIL deals, and okay. the the Open Doors headquarters is in downtown Lincoln. Oh, it's wow. maybe two or three blocks from the stadium, so that's yeah. kind of the main communicator as well as the compliance office. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I don't, I, I mean, I don't feel like people even know kind of that situation. Like they know, oh, you know, this car dealership can pay somebody this much money, but I feel like, I mean, there's obviously a million levels to this. What? kind of do they do or how much communication do they have the open doors company yeah, yeah. yeah so they have a platform it's a website and you would get on it and you kind of put in all your information as an athlete and then as a business owner you would go on there and you can filter out anything you want from if you want a male or a female if you want this sport or that sport and then kind of seeing like how many followers they have 
And based off that, you can kind of offer them deals through that Open Doors website, which is super cool. So I have some friends that have their whole housing paid for for the rest of college because they have an NIL deal. Or one of my best friends just got a brand new truck as an NIL deal, which is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Um, How excited are college athletes for the possibilities of that? Because, I mean, just when, I mean, just three years ago, this, none of this was possible. From my friend's perspective, they think it's the coolest thing in the world because they're getting free cars or their housing paid for or even just a chunk of cash for shouting out Runza, which is like one of the local fast foods. Oh, it's the greatest. Yeah. You've had it before? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Runza pairs up with all of the Nebraska athletes and always gives them deals. So I always see posts and stuff about yeah. that. And they, they love it. It's super cool. I was actually born in Seward, Nebraska. Oh, were you really? My mom and dad are, were both in college, so. Oh, small um, world. Big, big time Runza fans. Yeah, and Runza's the best. I don't understand why there's not any, like, I don't think there's even any in Iowa, which is weird. Mm-hmm. I think there's one in Kansas. Okay. And that's about it. But Runza is probably the best thing to have on game day. I've never felt more like a Nebraskan when I eat a Runza at, like, a baseball game or something. And it's, like, perfect, too, for, like, you know, game days if you're drinking or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. it's the perfect food for that. Yeah. There's no question about that. Especially if it's super cold, too. They're always super hot. And people will be going around, pass them (laughs) out. It's it's awesome. Um, Yeah, so do you kind of tell the recruits when they come on campus, like, hey, don't go to that Runza, go to this one, or... We'll try that one. Or... Um, well, the recruits always will be like, okay, like, what's, like, the thing here? And yeah. we'll always be like, Runza. And some people will be like, it's disgusting. And then other people <laughs> will be like, it's the greatest thing ever. And yeah. we've kind of been taught as recruiting girls to tell all of our recruits that Runza is amazing. Yeah. Which some people don't agree with, but I think it's it's great. And I always tell them to go try it, yeah. even if it's not their thing. I guess if you've eaten it your whole life, you might get sick of it. But, yeah. you know, that's one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, with... The recent, like, I feel like this summer the NIL talk is about, you know, the NCAA kind of trying to throw a lasso back on what was the Wild West for a year that nobody had any control over what um, exactly how much you could get or what the boosters were allowed to do with recruits, with recruits, not mm-hmm. necessarily signees. Yeah. So then now they're trying to say that. Um, I just want to get your take on that, not as a person from the athletic department, but mm-hmm. as a person in college, what mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on, you know, now that they have allowed it, they can't just put rules on it. But at mm-hmm. the same time, there has to be rules. Otherwise, this is going to be complete chaos where people are just literally buying. Yeah. I think it already is chaos. Yeah. Like, I think it's great that athletes can get paid. But first, I think what's really important is international kids being able to have NIL deals. They're two Australians on the women's basketball team and they couldn't have any NIL deals when they're in, in the States but once why? they stepped foot in Australia they could have an NIL deal why? I couldn't tell you why I don't know exactly oh. what that rule is but no international kids can have NIL deals in America That's so weird. they're both home right now in Australia and they can do NIL deals across seas but once they're back in America they can't do anything of that sort how does that make any sense? I, I have no idea so when they're back here, could somebody from Australia pay them to like do an Instagram shout out? I don't think so. I don't know exactly how that works with Australia to here. Yeah. But no, when they're when they're in the United States, they can't not do any NIL deals for any kind of business in the U.S. Dang, I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. crazy. What, yeah. I mean, I know that's not he, there's not a ton of like Canadian football players coming, but there's a good number of Canadian 
men's basketball players that come to play in college, they just can't do anything. Yeah, like one of my best friends on the football team, his name is Nuri, he's from Germany. Okay. He can't participate in any NIL deals. We have an Australian kicker, can't do anything like that. And then even like our tennis team, everyone is from out of the yeah. country. Same with track and field. So all these kids just cannot participate, but they're watching everyone else do it. Is that a Nebraska state law? No, I think it's, it's across, all across. the Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. But other than that, from a recruiting standpoint with NIL, it's kind of insane because a lot of kids obviously are going to go to Alabama. They're going to make crazy money there. Um, I think it's kind of an advantage with Nebraska, like I said a while ago. Like, mm -hmm. There's nothing else going on in the state, so obviously these athletes are going to get a lot of money, but I'm just, I feel for the schools that are smaller and, and they can't really get paid that much because that school isn't that big or yeah. the program or whatever. So I'm not really sure what they're going to have to do in the future, but there's definitely have to be a lot more regulations on stuff. Yeah. Because like you said, I mean, in terms of a business, whether it's a, a small business or kind of a regional business, mm -hmm. I mean, the closest pro sports team is what, Kansas City? Yeah. So, I mean, that's still pretty far away to mm -hmm. where, I mean... Anybody who is a fan of anything Nebraska is going to be like, hey, we need to put our money to get the best kits. Like, right. that's just what's going to happen yeah. anywhere around there. So, mm -hmm. like you said, that could be an advantage for Nebraska, right? I mean, definitely, because like I always say, and my dad always says, is Nebraska is always going to have to have these top notch facilities to be able to beat out the other bigger schools like Bama and Georgia and stuff. Because yeah, you're not going to Lincoln for the. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like <the> scenery. <laughs> exactly. Like if we don't have the scenery and we just have kind of nothing around, what what else are they? They're gonna have to have these top notch places. And I don't know if you ever seen this, but we're building a hundred fifty five million dollar facility right now wow. to add on to our football stadium, which is kind of a top selling point too for us too. Yeah, recruiting for sure. Yeah, because I mean, like, if you just look at the Big Ten, like the state of Iowa, they have like. The big city, Des Moines, probably splits 50-50 with Iowa State and Iowa. Mm -hmm. um, like, Northwestern has Chicago. Like, all of those places, I feel like Nebraska can be an advantage because there's nothing else around. Yeah. And not even that. Like, uh, on game day in Nebraska, obviously Omaha would be the biggest city, then Lincoln. And then the third largest city in the state of Nebraska would be Memorial Stadium on game day. Yeah. It's larger than any of the other cities because you have 92,000 something people there yeah. so like I always tell the recruits like if you want to play football in front of like the biggest stage in the country like it's going to be here yeah. nowhere else is really going to give you that and all that fan support because we have nothing else <laughs> yeah other than Creighton but Creighton really isn't that good at anything other than basketball so yeah yeah, yeah. Huh. interesting okay so like you mentioned you you want to go to school for a few more years what would be the absolute job that you said, this is this is definitely what I want to do in a couple of years? Definitely being like a director of women's basketball operations at a huge school, like maybe South Carolina, UConn, one of those historic, historically good programs would yeah. be super cool. Or even just being a scout in the NFL. I've been kind of chatting it up recently with some of the Raiders scouts, kind of talking about getting an internship and even just being a woman scout would be like one of the coolest experiences ever because that's not really heard of. Mm -hmm. um, what does that take? I mean, do you, when you talk to them, do you say, you know, what do I need on my resume to make sure that that happens? I haven't really had that talk with them yet, but like 
I met these scouts um, at the Big Ten tournament because it was in Indianapolis the same weekend as the combine was going on. Yeah. And I just approached these four like older men, and I was <laughs> like, "Hi, like my name is Emmy Pruitt. Like I would love to be an NFL scout someday. Like what does it take?" And they were like, "It takes that right there. You just coming up to us and asking us questions and asking for a business card." So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got to be. Sorry, go ahead. And I was just going to say, like, a lot more people are looking to hire women, especially in football right now, because they're on the come up, you know? Yeah. Especially ones who are willing to work and know, have the knowledge. Yeah. Not just, oh, I want this title because I'm a woman. Right, yeah. It's it's definitely got to be, like, like you said, learning stuff in the coaching coaching classes and stuff has to be, like, oh, man, this is definitely going to help me. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So how boring is it coming back to Springfield when you are used to working 20-hour days around D1 football players? It's so boring. (laughs) It's so boring. I mean, Lincoln does have a lot to offer other than just people thinking that there's corn around. I love the (laughs) shopping out there. Like, there's, there's really always something going on. And, like, I'm really good friends with, like, a lot of the guys on the team. And, like, I'll always be hanging out with them. My roommate's dating one of the guys, so, like... It's just boring coming here, not really having anything. I don't really, I guess, talk to a lot of people from high school anymore just because I've been so busy out there. So it's really just me and my mom and dad and my brother hanging out at home. Mm-hmm. Um, how much more intense are the football conversations with your dad now? They're they're definitely more intense. Like, we'll be arguing about silly things. And he's like, no, that's not right. And I'm like, yes, it is. I talked to so-and-so about it today. Or like, <laughs> I still try to ask him, like, stories and stuff. And sometimes he doesn't tell them. And sometimes he does open up a little bit. Or even just, like, when we're home, he's going through, like, storage and stuff. And he'll show me, like, old national championship T-shirts. That's, like, really special. Because yeah. now we share that bond together. Um, we kind of talked about a little bit earlier with advice that you would give a entering college kid but what do you um what would you tell even a high school kid at this point that is is interested in kind of anything that we talked about or anything in the sports media world i would like just start with volunteering like i wish i would have done that more in high school is like maybe volunteering being a manager or whatever with our football team stuff like that that's really going to help you see if this is like what you want to do and then once you get to college just like Make sure that it's a good program first off. Like our college of journalism is like one of the best in the country because we have all these sports to cover. So I think just trying everything is really what's gonna help. Like I applied for what's called the Iron Man in Nebraska. I got accepted for it. Um, they kind of help with all the student section stuff, which is pretty fitting for me, but I ended, I didn't really end up going through with it. And um, Nebraska also has what's called Husker Vision. I applied, I got the job there, and they kind of run all of the camera and video stuff for all the sporting events there. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't take it because after kind of talking more, it just didn't really seem interesting to me. But yeah. really just be open to anything, no matter what sport. I also work for our hockey team in Lincoln. It's USHL. I know nothing about hockey, <laughs> but I've learned so much just being around the team, the management there, and like kind of how you want to work with a different kind of coaching staff and stuff, just seeing different like opinions and people's values and stuff in different like yeah. companies at school awesome this is really fascinating so sorry if i kept you too long I no just, you're fine uh i find it really interesting i hope i think a lot of people will too i mean just in terms of everyone is a fan of sports in some capacity otherwise you're probably not listening to this yeah. um but at the same time like you know people just go to alumni games and think that everything just happens yeah you know and it it's there's so much behind the scenes and that's why not only 
college sports, but I mean, sports in general is a trillion dollar industry because it takes millions of people like you, <laughs> as well as the, the Brabulomas, the Scott Frost that, I mean, it's just like, there's, there's so many different jobs that, I mean, you're not just going to be a head coach. You're not just going to be, you know, the person like there's, yeah. there's plenty of things that you can do to be involved that I think is, is truly fascinating and I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. Thanks to Emmy for taking the time. I'll be back from vacation next week. And we already have next week's guest locked down and recorded. It's North Mac graduate Asa Donaldson. Another really fun conversation. All thanks to Northwestern Mutual. Thanks for listening this week. I really enjoyed this conversation and I learned a lot. I hope you did too. Thanks for being here. I'll see you next week.